Blog Talk Radio. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. It's incredibly easy to use, and every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that will look great on every device, every time. It starts at just $8 a month and includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. For a free trial and a 10% discount, go to squarespace.com forward slash blog talk. That's squarespace.com forward slash blog talk. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. For over six years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. We're meeting with the CEO of Junk Luggers, Josh Cohen. And since 2004, the Junk Luggers have been offering an environmentally friendly alternative to traditional junk removal for homes and businesses, saving millions of tons of junk from the landfill each year by donating usable items to local charities and recycling centers. I'm going to talk to Josh about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we've got a great show. of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand? The opportunity to take control of your future and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste, and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily, and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com
Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over seven years now we've been asking the franchise owners a one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews. And as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. We're meeting with the CEO of Junk Luggers, Josh Cohen. And since 2004, the Junk Luggers has been offering an environmentally friendly alternative to traditional junk removal. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Marty, thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, Josh. We'd like to ask our guests where you're calling from this morning, Josh. New York City. That's fantastic. Of course, one of my favorite places. I was born in New York, and uh, so I don't even have to ask you how the weather is there today because I'm in Pennsylvania. We're about 70 miles uh, west of, of the city, so that's fantastic. Um, this is, you know, when I was reading about your story, Josh, I was fascinated for for many different reasons. But you know, maybe you could talk or describe the history of junk luggers. Yeah, sure. So um, the whole thing started in 2004 uh, using my mom's Dodge Durango. And I got the idea while I was studying abroad in Australia. A friend said he made $100 hauling away a neighbor's refrigerator. And I thought that was a great idea. Right. I was only making, yeah, I think, minimum wage at my internship that I had planned for that summer. So sure. went home, printed out some homemade flyers from my parents' computer, and just started going around town, handing them out. It's, I mean, it is. It's fantastic. You know, it, it's, it's, it, did your education help you, I mean, in, in coming up with this whole concept as well, um, Josh, while you were studying abroad? I'd like to say yes. I think my parents would really like me to say yes. Sure, sure, of course. <laughs> um, and I think it, it gave some some good foundation. I went to business school, but uh, right, I, I really right. do believe most of the learning was, you know, kind of on the ground as you as we went. That's fantastic. And you know, of course, you know, being your, you know your mom was a part of that whole thing in the beginning too. You know, I mean, it's always you know we love these stories, having these you know these kind of stories on the show. You know, so it's very interesting. Maybe you could talk a little bit about Junk Luggers as you know a franchise. Like if you were at um, a franchise show, Josh, and someone came up to your booth and they said, "Okay, so what do you guys do?" How do you typically respond to the question? Yeah, I mean, in general, junk removal. It's a service that everyone needs at some point in their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, rather than dealing with the daunting, kind of backbreaking task of removing generally bulky, heavy, unwanted things like sofas or construction right. debris, you know, people would rather just pay us to take care of all the work for them. And so that's what we do when we provide a extremely customer-friendly and customer-centric approach to it from the time they give us a call all the way until we sweep up when the job's complete. That's fantastic. And you guys do it a little different, too, because, you know, I mean, there's a a lot involved in um, donating um, a a lot of the items, I guess, to, like, charities. Um, How does that work, Josh? Yeah, so that's a huge part of our business. In general, our our company mission is to keep as many items out of the landfills through donating and recycling. And we have this big, hairy, audacious goal of uh, having 0% end up in landfills by 2020. Wow. So one of the main ways we do that is by taking a lot of these things that we haul away that are generally, you know, still in decent enough shape for someone to use, and we donate them to local charities and donation centers. That's fantastic. I, I mean, I think that's just great. It's a fantastic goal, you know, that, that of course, you've set for the company. So I, I think that's great. How do you use technology in your business? Or is, is technology even used um, in, in this type of business, Josh? Definitely. I mean, I'm 31, and I started the business when I was 21, so I guess I, I feel like I grew up in the technology era mm-hmm. in, in yeah. a way, um, and I saw the benefits of it. So, you know, um, we've developed our own customized uh, cloud-based software management system. 
Okay. Uh, there's we also have an app that our guys in the field can use, and and basically it's a way to manage all of the daily operations and scheduling and reporting and do it in an efficient and, and real time way. That's fantastic. This I'm. Uh, you're in a pretty big industry too, Josh. I mean, you're right. You know, at some point, you know, everyone has to remove junk, you know, for, from their home. And, and, you know, my wife and I were recently talking the other day saying that, you know, I, I think we're ready for that. You know, we've been in our home now for nine years. So um, it, it, the market is pretty big. I mean, are there any numbers as far as how big your industry is? It seems like to me this industry gets bigger every year. I, I mean, my hunch is that there's growth in this industry. I mean, we've been growing steadily for the past 10 years. Even through the recession, we, we continued to grow. And I think that's because, you know, people are getting a stronger awareness that this type of industry and service is yeah, out there. That's true. And also there's just unlimited potential because everyone, business or per, or personal, um, they have stuff that they need to get rid of. So, you know, we've done some studies. We, we It looks like... a there's a projected 5% annual growth expected through 2020, wow. and we see this industry um, kind of maxing out around $1.4 billion, and we're not even close to that as an industry right now. Right, right. I remember as a, as, as a kid, I grew up in, in Sayreville, New Jersey, Josh, and I remember my father, we had this big old station wagon, and we'd literally drive to a, a, a junkyard. It was almost like a landfill, you know, down uh-huh. in the back, and you'd pay the guy some, you know, you give him a $10. I don't even know how much he gave him at the time, and you just threw everything out, you know, in the junkyard. So it, it's it's interesting how things have changed today, and, of course, our society has become more um, environmentally conscious, you know. So I, I've I've been a, a fan of this this your business and this industry for for a long time now. So I think it's fantastic. What's been the most interesting thing that's happened to you um, since launching uh, Junk Luggers? <laughs> Tough the question most for our interesting. guests. <laughs> Definitely. Um, what do you, What do you mean exactly? Well, is there anything that stands out? I mean, in your particular business, I mean, you must have, you know, if I was sitting down having a cup of coffee with you, I bet you'd have some fantastic stories. Um, you know, does does anything stand out? I, I mean, you started this, this business at, at a pretty young age. You know, we've had a lot of guests on the show, and, and, and I think you were probably one of the youngest as far as starting it at the time. So th- any stories that stand out? Hmm. Well, I mean, I think you know what I've learned is we've grown the business, and at this point we're we're at about three million dollars company or system wide. We have about wow. sixty employees system wide, um, and we're just we're just getting started, by the way. Um, That's but a, a, a lot of the most interesting experiences I would say have come around just managing people and managing customer uh-huh. experiences, uh-huh. and I've certainly found early on that. Uh, the better we're able to kind of treat people and support them on our team, especially, uh, the better they're going to help, help grow the company and just make it an enjoyable place to come to work. Um, so I think, I don't know if I can think of one, uh, and I'm sure as soon as we hang up, I will, but one (laughs) very interesting of them. Yeah. Yeah. But it, that was, I would say one of the biggest learning curves in, in growing a business, especially starting at such a young age. Yeah, it's very. I think it's very powerful what you just said, Josh. You know, and I'm going to actually have. Um, I, I teach for Capital University, and I'm going to have my business students listen to that statement that that you just said because you know it is very important, isn't it? You know, is of course finding the right people, you know, to work with and and, and things like that. And it's it's not always um, uh, so easy, is it? You know, so um, 
I, I especially think when you terrific. don't have any money. <laughs> especially when you don't have any money. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and again, I just love the story of you know how you started with. You really totally grassroots, you know, with, with sound like some basic flyers. Do you still have copies of those flyers, by the way, those very first flyers? Yes, I that do. You, that's I that's do. fantastic. I mean, that's historic, you know, really. I, I think you should <laughs> save those because someone's going to be asking for you uh, one day, you know, to, to to take a look at those. So I think that's that's great. You're listening to Franchise Interviews, and we're speaking with the CEO of Junk Luggers, Josh Cohen. And so what types of – let's get to franchising, Josh. What types of characteristics – um, will you look for in your franchisees? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and we've spent a lot of time really thinking about that and discussing it internally because one of the biggest things I I learned and heard over and over when, when learning about the, the franchise mm-hmm. industry is the better your franchisees and the better relationships you have with them, the more successful the franchise system is overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, in thinking about that, the top thing that we look for in choosing our new franchisees is are they a right culture fit for us and our company? Can we get along with them when we're talking to them, you know, every day or every week when we're on the phone and will we be able to see eye to eye? Um, So number one is is, is definitely culture and and we're not asking, we're not looking for necessarily people to be the same as us. I know nobody's the same. Sure, sure. People you you feel comfortable going out and getting a beer with and, and having a candid conversation. Um, other than that, we're looking for people who've got fire in their belly. You know, understand yeah. that as a franchise system, you still got to go out there and build brand awareness locally. Um, and then beyond that, obviously, you know, one of the things we put as as last, but but not least necessarily, is is are they financially capable? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so we certainly don't want people, you know, investing their life savings and then right. Uh, and then losing it because they just can't invest a little bit more if that's what it needs for for this or that. Of course, no, absolutely. I, I think that's well said. Once you decide, you know that that you like them, Josh, and then they like you. I mean, how does it typically work when they want to go forward? Um, I mean, how's the training work? I mean, do they come to New York? Is that where the training would take place? It is. I mean, before we get we we get to training, what we do, we have a pretty um, in-depth screening process. Uh, we really want to get to know the people that we're bringing on our team because they are very they're ten year contracts, so long term relationships. Sure, of course. Once they get through that process, what we do is we have them come in for a two day orientation. We get them on the truck, make sure they know what they're getting to. Uh, right, right. Um, and sometimes we even do that beforehand. Um, yeah. And then we'll 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 assign a, a point person who's their dedicated uh, franchise franchise or rep. And they were they walk them through a ten week due diligence process to help them get started and and start to build the name out there. And then after this this we do another three to five day training session. It's it's classroom and on the truck, uh, going over a whole range of things: finance, marketing, operations, um, customer service. And then we uh, we we let them loose to open. We'll send their dedicated rep out with them for the first week or so. To make sure you know they're they're forming good habits, and that they know what they're doing, and is and once we feel they're comfortable, uh, it's it's more we we support them from our home office here in the city. I think it's fantastic time now, and I think it's great how you um, have them like participate in the franchise before they actually become a franchisee. Uh, we haven't had a lot of franchises. 
on the show that has done that. And I think it is very clever that someone knows what a typical day is like as a Junk Luggers franchisee. Maybe we could talk a little bit about that. You know, if you could describe to our listeners, what is a typical day like as a franchisee, if there is such a thing anyway? Yeah, and, you know, I agree with you because one thing I think we learned in our first year of franchising was when people don't have aligned expectations about what what they're getting into, it, it creates a bad recipe. So sure. we really want people to come in with their eyes wide open. Um, yeah. A typical day for a franchisee, um, it, it ranges, you know, like any business owner because yeah. they have a, a number of hats to fill. But uh, early on, some of our franchisees choose to be on the truck to really understand from the ground up, you know, the intricacies of, of junk lugging. <laughs> Right, right. Um, so they're so they're going to jump on a truck usually around 6:30 or 7 a.m. They'll check the truck to make sure there's no issues with it. Uh, they might go to a donation center, a recycling center um, before the day starts if they have stuff still in the truck to drop it off and unload it. They'll call their customer ahead of time, let them know they're on their way, and then they'll go meet their customers and do some hauling. Some other really important things for our franchisees, and I'm, I'm sure for anybody listening, all franchise systems is, like I mentioned earlier, building that brand awareness. So we really encourage our franchisees to go out and network with the right people in the right industries who can help them build their brand and, and just to kind of build their name within the local community. So those are two two of the top things. I think it's great. You know, there must be, you know, I'm thinking as, you know, as you're describing it, and there must be some diversity, too. I mean, I imagine, like, you know, if you're on the truck, of course, <clears throat> every day is probably a little different, you know. I mean, you probably have some variety as far as, like, what type of junk you're um, uh, lugging away, you know, as as you say. So I think that must, you know, keep things um, uh, keep things interesting as well. What advice would you give to our listeners, Josh? We call them, you know, in studying your background, you're certainly – classified as an as an entrepreneur and most of our listeners they kind of know that they want to get into franchising we call them franchipreneurs but most of them don't even know where to begin their search what advice would you give to them um you know like we said really going in with their eyes wide open don't be afraid to uh, ask the hard questions to really understand because no business is perfect and there's going to be challenges regardless of what business you're in. So right. really understanding what those challenges are and making sure that whatever franchise you're considering is open and honest about it. Right. Um, other than that, really understanding the type of money that the business requires to get up and running and get profitable. Usually you have to, you might have to you know, talk to some other franchisees, which you should definitely do to, to find out how they're doing, but also when did they start to break even and, and to create a profit. Um, I think those are two two of the things, and then just yeah. really understand the industry and, and and the type of growth potential. Yeah, no, no, I think that's, that's very powerful advice. So, being that you're the founder of the company and the CEO, I can ask you the question: Where do you see the company three to five years down the road, Josh? You know, we're trying to become a national brand, and we're trying to expand uh, first into every major metro market. So. Uh, in this next year, we're looking to expand down the East Coast uh, from Florida up to Maine. And uh, beyond that, we're just looking to expand into very prime markets with the goal of having 50 franchises up and running within three to five years. 
That's fantastic. What's the best way, Josh, for our listeners to get more information on becoming a franchisee? Any websites they should go to? Any numbers you'd like them to call? Yep. Uh, Junkluggersfranchise.com is our website. And they could always call me directly. I'm handling franchise development at 212-268-5882. That's fantastic. I want to thank you again, Josh, for coming on the show. I, 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 I really like your franchise, and I'd really like to invite you back next year as you continue to grow. I think this is fantastic. Thanks, Marty. I really appreciate it. As my pleasure, Josh. And we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up in segment two, we're going to play a clip from our interview with one of the most successful franchise books of all time. We're going to hear from Joe Matthews. Coming up on Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. For over six years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And don't forget to listen to our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to Franchise interviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919 that's 610-905-2919 need a business loan talk to diamond financial services the experts in franchise financing nationwide whether you're looking to start a franchise acquire an existing franchise or expand your territory through opening new locations diamond financial stands by your side start to finish from pre-qualification to packaging and presenting your application to securing a financial commitment and through the loan closing process diamond financial is there while you're waiting thousands of others are making their financial dreams come true don't wait any longer Pre-qualify now by completing a confidential, no-obligation financial analysis. Let's face it, traditional banks just aren't in the business of financing small business. At Diamond Financial, we specialize in securing franchise loans from $100,000 to $3 million and equipment leasing up to $150,000. Let us help you get started. Go to www.franchisefunding.net or call 877-508-2274. That's FranchiseFunding.net, 877-508-2274. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, Don and I have been hosting Franchise Interviews now also during that time we've had some incredible quotes on the show. Today you're going to get to hear from one of the authors of Street Smart Franchising, Joe Matthews. And this truly is a must read before buying a franchise. And Joe's going to talk about the four key ingredients of the most successful franchisees and he calls it the cash model of success. Listen to what he says. It's really quite fascinating. 
Right, and actually hold them accountable for the blocking and tackling and, the, and you know, and the day-to-day implementation of the system. Right, right. You know, you know, not like from a command and control technique, but just by asking. Exactly. And so when you were talking about knowledge, I remember in the book you mentioned uh, it, was a, it was a model. It was called CASH, K-A-S-H, um, the K being part of that. Um, could, could you talk a little bit about that? What, what exactly is that? Well, yeah, the, the CASH model is the secret formula of winning at anything. So if you look at what peak performers have, they all pretty much have the same cash right. as other peak performers. In other words, peak performers, they have a tendency to know the same things. Okay. Like they know what they need to know to be successful, right? Right. So that's K is knowledge. And what did we already say about knowledge? It's overrated. It's way overrated, right? Okay. Now, A is attitude, which is extremely underrated. Right. Now, if you look up attitude in the dictionary, it's not about good attitude, bad attitude. Attitude means how you relate to things. Right. So, so a franchisee who's a peak performer or has a high level of cash, they have a certain relationship with the franchisor that other underperforming franchisees don't have. They have a relationship with their customers. They have a relationship with their products and services. Right. They have a relationship to things like advertising. They have a relationship to uh, what it is to go to work in the morning. Mm. It's a much more powerful mindset you know, than people who aren't winning. Uh, S is skills. They're good at everything they need to be good at. Right. Uh, and the most important thing, uh, habits. Right. It's like where they spend their time. Right. In any business, it's the old 80-20 rule. You know, the, the typical uh, person wastes 80% of their time on things that generate 20% results and only invest 20% of their time on things that generate 80% of the results. Yeah. So what are those 80% activities? And, and are you engaged in them? Are you focused on the high-priority activities that generate all the results? When I'm coaching a franchisee, that's the first place I look. When they tell me they're not winning, don't tell me where you think you're spending your time. Document it. Right. I want to know where you're spending your time and on what. And you know what? When they actually look at where they spend their time on paper and how, how long things take and, and what little it produces and how much they waste, when they're done throwing up, they have a huge breakthrough in results. Right, absolutely. Most like, of the I think time, you, it's time management. Yeah, you mentioned in the book, so I think a lot of our time is spent on uh, minutia, so I think is what you said, you know, it was interesting. And, and you know, habits should always be reviewed and, uh, I guess, evolved. I mean, you know, habits, you know, sh- should, should always be changing, basically, right? Uh, I, I didn't hear the question. One more time? Um, your habits uh, should always... Uh, are always being reviewed and evolving. Habits should always be changing, basically, because businesses can change and people don't want to get into bad habits, so that's always kind of evolving, right? Uh, yeah, it depends on the business model. Yeah, so, so, some business models, yeah, there isn't a whole heck of a lot of change. Franchisors, a lot of them are fairly low-tech, like the sponsor of this business is, you know, Molly Maids, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, the technology are vacuums. There you go. You know, so the, there you don't want, yeah, there you want them to get into a rhythm, and just do the same thing over and over and over again and beat it into the dirt. Exactly. You know, there's going to be talking more about the marketing and advertising, yeah. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, so there are aspects of the business that need to change, but typically franchise businesses are a fairly low-tech, you know, rhythm-type businesses. You know, like once you got the winning formula, right. you just beat it into the dirt. You wake up, you execute it, you wake up the next day, you execute it again. Um, right, that's what people think like change. Right. That's why people are paying the royalty fee. They're buying into the system. It's uh, it's already there. It's already a winning formula. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, good. So you-